take uh, just about uh, maybe 30 or 40 seconds. We're going to be silent. Uh, this may be your only silence all week, so it's a gift. And uh, I just want to be quiet before the Lord. Before we go into the message, um, I want to share something even before the message. So we'll just uh, wait here for a moment in God's presence. Lord, thank you that we can set our hearts at rest in your presence. We're here with you and you with us. So, Lord, we ask for um, your word to speak to us. Amen. I um, got up this morning pretty early, and um, I was I opened my iPad and I, I get a bunch of devotionals, you know, uh, that come every day. And so I opened up an Easter devotional, um, and there was a it was a picture, like a graphic picture, and it was a picture of Jesus uh, leaving the tomb, but it was just not your typical, you know, like Jesus type thing. <laughs> It was almost like action hero Jesus. And it was from, I, I, just did, I just saw it this morning, so I didn't have time to put it up. But it's, it's Jesus, it's the, it's the back of Jesus, and he's running out, and, and muscles are rippling in his legs. And it's kind of like uh, the old Batman. He's like, whoosh, he's on his way out. But it gave a, it's a great picture of the resurrection. You know, I think sometimes we think of, like, what did it actually look like when Jesus rose from the dead? And maybe we get all, we take all our cues from Hollywood, and it's like it's a quiet, peaceful glory, or maybe there's a shaking, or maybe the I don't know what we think, but this was like action hero Jesus, and it was like I could I could hear the Lord saying, "I got to get out of here. I got things to do. <laughs> I got people to save." You know, so I just give that to you as a gift. It has nothing whatsoever to do with the message. Um, but before we go into the message, um, this is the picture I had when we were worshiping. You know, I think about um, Jesus uh, emerging from the tomb. And the reality is that many of us, whether we know Jesus as our Lord and Savior or we don't, we're seeking, there's a part of our hearts that we hold back at times from God. It's the scary parts of us. And so um, my sense was there were people here this morning that even now, um, there's a part of your heart you're afraid to show Jesus. And what Jesus is doing this morning is he's, I don't know how this looks, he's knocking on the stone that uh, holds the tomb, you know, in our hearts. He's knocking and he's not going to bust through. And Jesus is saying, will you open your heart to me this morning? And that, that's a question for people at any place along the journey with Jesus. You, you're just inspecting faith and wondering, or you've been a Christian 30, 40, 50, 60 years. Jesus is asking today, will you allow me to roll the stone away and peer into the depths of your heart and, and, and speak to that? So um, I ask you to close your eyes. And if, that's, if that resonates with you, if you're like, oh, I realize there's a part of my heart I'm afraid for Jesus to come. I just want to put you, you put your own hand on your heart and I want to pray for you. God, I thank you this morning 
that in your love, with your presence, in your power, you are here with us and you're speaking. And for each person right now, with their hand on their heart, just saying, Lord, I'm, I'm a little afraid this morning. I really want to open up, but I'm afraid. Lord, I ask for grace now for each heart to be opened. Jesus, you, uh, you beat death. You rose again from the dead. But even in your power and your strength, you come to us in humility and with grace. So, Lord, I just ask that uh, you would find yeses this morning in the hearts of your people. Yes, Jesus, you can come and touch every part of my heart. Every part. Because I trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, it feels good to be open, right? With your openness, would you stand for a minute and say hi to someone? <laughs> Find someone to say hello to. Greet people if, you, if they're new and you haven't seen them before. Right over here. Maybe uh, around the flowered cross. If, as, you, as you're being seated, if you're wondering, um, the, uh, the early risers flowered the cross this morning. We had a 715 sunrise service and uh, out in the prayer room. And so uh, part of that worship was bringing flowers to the cross, a, a, a proclamation that Jesus has risen and death has been defeated. And so we flower the cross. The other great thing is, if you want a family picture, this is a sweet place to do it. After. Okay. If, uh, if you're in church today, and you are, because you can hear me, right? <laughs> what a dumb way to start. <laughs> it's kind of like saying, if you're not here, raise your hand. Okay. Um, <laughs> back on track. If you're <laughs> you've come to church on Easter, you probably know that Easter is about more than bunnies and chocolates and so forth. Probably you know that. But this morning, uh, I want to I go a little uh, deeper than just the power of the resurrection, because I don't think that Easter is primarily just about power. I think Easter is primarily about life. We need power to live, but power is no good for a dead thing, right? I mean, power is not going to do anything if you're dead. You, you just got a lot of power zinging, but nothing to zing in or zing through, right? So uh, Easter is not primarily about power. Now, the next uh, eight weeks from uh, starting next Sunday, we're going to do a series on the Holy Spirit. You know, just talk eight weeks about the, the power, the gifts, the presence, the, the filling, uh, the, the, um, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. So come back. You want power? We're going to be all about power. But today is about life. Um, so polling question, do you hate it when people start a message with, now there are two types of people in the world tough because there are two types of people in the world and each of us is one of those this morning so I, I this is scientific i know this for a fact you are either this morning in need of life or you're in need of more life it's fair right two types of people you either need life because you are outside of god's plan you you don't know jesus and all you have is this life you're walking through and no hope for heaven I mean, that is a re reality for many people in the world today. You're walking, and though your body is alive, your spirit is dead. So you need life. If you're walking with Jesus today, 
then my guess is every believer here today would say, I need more life. Which is not technically more Jesus. It's technically letting Jesus have more of you. So I felt like this morning when, you know, celebrating what Jesus has done, um, it's not just about power. It's about life. I mean, this is truly a message. It's a matter of life and death. Jesus went to the cross so that he could bring life. So I'm speaking today about life. Everybody has a need. One thing that the resurrection proves is that there is life after death, right? Jesus proved the end of life as we know it in the body is not the end of life because Jesus came back to life. His body that was dead came back. But another thing that the resurrection proves is there's not only life after death, there's life before death. In other words, you as a person walking in the world can walk with true life invigorating your body, soul, and spirit. And believe me, while we'll get to the end of this message, I'm not talking about happy, clappy, smile, brightest teeth in the world all the time. If you're that, great. If you're like the rest of us, welcome. I mean, uh, a life has the, the, the realities of the difficult and the joyous. But death is not the ceasing of bodily functions. Death is the absence of life. So that means your body can be going and you can still be dead. How many have ever experienced, before or after you met Jesus, any time in your life, a sense of, I'm the walking dead? Yeah. And, and nobody asked us to be on a TV show, right? No, we just know in ourselves we're walking, we're going through the motions, but the, the, there's death reigning in us. Either death because we don't know Jesus and, and all we know is this life, or death because somehow in our Christian walk we've given over to trying to find the power for living outside of an eternal source. And we all do it sometimes. You can have a moving body and still be dead. And if you're dead in this life, you need life. That's just easy. So I'm going to look at a guy in the Bible who needed life. His name was Lazarus, and he needed life because he was dead. <laughs> All right, we are tracking here. I'm going to read from John 11. This is 17 to 27, but I just have one. Uh, I think I just have a couple of the verses up there. So listen, enter into the story. Let me give you the... The, uh, the setting, Jesus is far away from Bethany where Lazarus, his friend, has died. And Mary and Martha, his other friends, are there. This is their brother, and, and, and he's died. And Mary and Martha had, had sent a message to Jesus. Hey, the one you love is, is sick. Come. And for whatever reason, which is 12 other sermons, Jesus doesn't come right away. But Jesus says, this sickness is not unto death. And then you know what happens? Lazarus dies while Jesus is on his way. And this is where we get that famous Bible memory. You know, the one scripture everybody remembered? Jesus wept. That's where we get it from John 11, where he realizes that his, his, his friend is dead. Finally, uh, Jesus is arriving in Bethany. John 11 says, now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Mary and Martha to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out and met him. 
But Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, now this is a pretty bold statement to the king of kings we just sang to. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. She scolds Jesus. There's some faith in there, but she's scolding Jesus. Like, can you just see her? You are late. I don't know how she said it. If you'd been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. See, faith rising in in her. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection of the last day. So Martha is realizing, well, I know after we die, there's a resurrection. I know that. So it's almost like Jesus makes a promise. Well, it's all taken care of. And she says, I know that. But he's dead. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. And then these four words that kind of hit to the heart of the message of Easter, the resurrection. Do you believe this? I just want to point out, Martha was a believer. Martha wasn't far from Jesus. Martha had walked with Jesus. She knew who he was. She'd heard about the miracles, right? And Jesus says to Martha, who believes? Do you believe this? There must be something more to that phrase than just, you know, Do you have a good feeling about this? Jesus says, I'm the resurrection and the life. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ. That is the anointed one, the one chosen by God, the one that the Jews looked forward to for hundreds of years that would come and redeem Israel and bring restoration of the kingdom. She says, I believe that you are the Christ, the son of God, who's coming into the world. So Jesus' answer to someone longing for life are these two things. I am the resurrection and I am the life. He says, if you're dead, I'm the resurrection. So if you got any kind of death going on, I'm your guy. I'm the one that brings life to anything that's dead. That's a good word for us this morning. Jesus says, I'm the one that brings life to anything that's dead. You're the walking dead. You don't have to be. Because Jesus says, I bring life. I'm the resurrection. But he doesn't say just I'm the resurrection. I beat death so I can grant life. He says, if you have a life, I am the life. I love grammar. I'm sorry. But those two articles are important. We all have a life. But Jesus says, I am the life. That means there is a life that's different than the one that we're just walking around in. Again, believer or unbeliever. There's more life than we have experienced. I, I know it. Like I, I talked to the, to the earlier service. I just know in my heart there's more. I know that I have not seen all the life that Jesus has for me. I haven't seen all the power. I haven't experienced all the love. I haven't seen all the miracles. You know what? I have not suffered all the pain. That's a part of life in the kingdom of God. I, I know that I know. There's more life. So if you want life this morning, then you want Jesus. If you need life, you need Jesus. 
If you're lacking life, you're lacking Jesus. I'm not going into bumper stickers. I'm just telling you the truth. In despair, sometimes people think, man, life right now is so bad. What I really want is death, right? That's, where we, that's how we get to suicide, depression, despair. We think that it's, there's no way it will get better. And somehow what will make all of this life better is death. But the reality is no one, even in our worst times, we never really want death. We always want more life. Death seems like an escape from this life that is death, right? But Jesus is here, raised from the dead this morning, saying, no, you don't want death. Deep in your souls. You're longing for life. We all are, right? So we're in one of those places. We either need life from heaven, from God, or we need more life. Because you don't escape death by seeking death. You escape death by embracing life. That's not just a a catchy saying, which I made up when I thought was pretty good. (laughs) And and let's let's just be honest. the, The world needs this message, right? The world out there, the church, the city, our family, our friends, like we personally, we need this message. You don't escape death by, by, by looking for death. You escape death by embracing life. So in Jesus, you know, here, I got another picture this morning. Interesting. A, a guy from the church sent me an email about two in the morning. He said, if you ever want to use this, you can. And it's a, it's, a, it's a beautiful illustration of Jesus on the cross. But he's about this far off the cross. So he's like, he's hanging there. And it's all the, the gore. But there's life pulsing through his body. It's just this image of life that, that is so much past the death that we fear. Yeah, I got to get those. Second service will get to see all those. Sorry. Jesus said, I'm the resurrection and the life. We either need life or we need more life. So my question, question number one, which are you this morning? Are are you one that needs life this morning? You know, I am walking in this life alone. I've heard lots about God or I've never heard about God. I'm walking into the church and I realize, man, I'm I'm on my way to death. My life feels like death. Then you need Jesus this morning and he's inviting you to come to him. That's Easter. Maybe you're walking with Jesus. Can you recognize and admit to God, I need more life. I want more than I have right now, which does not mean we're going to grasp and strain to try to get, a, you know, more of Jesus. But it's more like that initial picture of, no, we're going to open up parts of our heart and say, Jesus, you can have this too. You can have the stuff I don't tell anyone. You can come into the dark places that, that I... If ever, if people really knew, Jesus opens up the tomb in your heart and says that I beat death. I can deal with that. And I think that's a direct quote from Jesus. I think he would look into our hearts and say, this is your big problem. This is the thing you're so upset about and you're hiding. I beat death. Addiction, nothing. Shame, nothing. Disgrace, nothing. I beat death. That's the reality of this morning. And every one of us has a choice wherever we are. Whatever our need is, life or more life, we have a choice. Will I allow, will I walk my life or will I allow Jesus to walk his life through me? If you're an unbeliever, your choice is you can walk your own life, which ends in death, 
or you can allow Jesus to come in and be your life, eternal life, an eternal kind of life, by saying, yes, Jesus, come, forgive my sin. Live your life in me. And if you're a follower of Jesus and you want more life, we still have a choice, don't we? It's a day-by-day, moment-by-moment, let's be real, second-by-second choice. Will I walk out this life trying to look like a Christian, doing the Christian things, striking the Christian pose? Or will I let the risen Christ live his life through me? And I have to confess, I don't know. I wish I could give the three-step process on how to be full and complete in Christ and never sin again and all glory. I don't know it, but I know there's more. And I know it begins with, Jesus, live your life through me. Whatever it takes, whatever it means. The life we're talking about is eternal life, so it will have to have an eternal source. It will have to have an eternal source. We can't look to anything that's been made, which means it will go away and decay and say, that's going to be my source of eternal life. I mean, that's dumb. Right? So if, 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 we're, if we're talking about eternal life, that life has to have an eternal source. We need Jesus. We don't grab life, you know, by the horns and wring out all the gusto of it as if we own life. The way to go after life is to let life take you over. It's, it's to allow life to fill you. That might mean some putting away of things, but much more it's acceptance of Jesus. Live your life through me. Here I am. What do you want? It's Jesus in the garden. Okay, this looks like a good idea. This looks like a bad idea, but... Your will, not my will. We don't get the most out of life by grabbing it and imposing our will on it. We get the most out of life by letting life loose in us. Jesus, what does my life look like? What does my life look like if you just went nutty? (laughs) It's probably a better theological word, but I can't think of it. When we search for life in lifeless forms... I mean, think about any way where we search for life. It's like looking for a loving, intimate relationship in a wax museum. You know, this is beautiful. Did you see the picture that's on the news of Will Smith kissing a robot? Oh, good. (laughs) Did I imagine that? It didn't really happen. (laughs) I didn't read the story. I just saw the picture on the news page. Like, why is he kissing a robot? Right. Okay. He was not satisfied by that kiss. But sometimes we do it. We look for life in lifeless places, right? Remember in in the gospel account in John, the, the angel says to Mary, why are you seeking the living among the dead? And we do it all the time. We look for life in dead things. Virtual reality, spoiler alert, It's not real. (laughs) You're looking for a relationship with a computer. It's going to be unsatisfying. Don't look for life among dead things and don't fight death with your own power. You know, we don't have to fight death in our own power, our own inspiration, our own ability. We don't have to go through life beating down death. We just get to accept Jesus and say, Jesus, you're going to have to deal with this death in me. Because I can't bring myself back to life. You ever try to will yourself into a good mood? 
I mean, there is, I, I, I recognize there's a place where we have an empowered will and we make choices. But the power comes from an eternal source. It's not like just I'm going to get my human zeal up and I'm going to make it this time. We run out of human zeal. But Jesus' zeal never runs out. Jesus' passion never runs out. So Jesus says to Martha, I'm the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Jesus tells Martha that he embodies the resurrection life that overcomes death. The one who believes has eternal life that transcends death. And somehow, in the economy of Jesus, he says, even if you die, you'll live. But if you believe, you'll never die, which means the end of this life is not the end of life. Now, it's easy to think of, you know, during a funeral. But, you know, we're celebrating today the funeral that Jesus messed up, right? Right. Oops. (laughs) And Jesus would like to mess up your funeral today. Jesus would like to mess up whatever you've decided is dead in me. Not going to work. I'm not going to make it. Jesus is, is here to say, I, I'm here to lovingly disrupt your funeral because I'm bringing life. Jesus says, I am life. I am the resurrection. He didn't say he, um, he didn't say he recommends resurrection. He didn't say he experiences resurrection. He didn't say, I hope for resurrection. He said, I am the resurrection. He didn't say he empowers life. He didn't say, um, I've got a better life for you. He didn't say, here are three things to do so that your life can be maximum. He says, I am the life. I'm the resurrection. I beat death and I'm the life. I am life. So if you want life in your life, you need the source of life. It's Jesus. That's why in worship, all we sang about was Jesus. Because it, it's all we have. I mean, he's everything. Read through the book of Colossians just in your spare time. In him is, are all things. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Because you don't have any spare time? <laughs> that was a pretty good recommendation. Everything comes from him and everything is for him. And in him, all things are knit together. Colossians chapter 1. It's, it's all about Jesus. And that life, that eternal life can be in us. When we open the door to him. Quickly, there's a there's a I won't read the passage, but in Ezekiel 47, there's this amazing passage where Ezekiel, a prophet, honestly, kind of a crazy prophet. Aren't they all? They hear God. (laughs) Crazy prophet. He's having this encounter with the angel of the Lord and the angel shows him the temple of God. And from the from the bottom of the temple flows a river. And the angel of the Lord takes Ezekiel and he says, Son of man, come, and he leads him into this river that's coming out from underneath the temple of God. And the scripture says he takes him first, and the river's up to his ankles. And then he takes him further, and the river's up to his knees. Get nervous, Deborah? (laughs) He takes him further, and the the river's up to his waist. And then he says, the river became such that I couldn't couldn't walk in it more. It, It overwhelmed me. And then in describing what, ha- what happens from the river, Ezekiel says, speaking from God, and everywhere, everywhere the river goes, there is life. 
And on either side of the river are these trees. And they're bearing every kind of fruit in every season. No matter what's happening in life, these trees are bearing fruit. Why? Because their roots are sunk in deep to the river. What's the river? It's the presence of God. It's the reality of Jesus' life in us. It's, it's the overflowing work of the Holy Spirit he'll talk about in John 7. We'll talk about for the next eight weeks. And it says that there are many kinds of fish in, that, uh, in the sea that the river goes. And there are all these fish and all these living things. Because it's a picture of life. John 10.10, 10, Jesus said, The thief comes to steal and to kill and destroy. Job description of the devil. Steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, I've come that they might have life and have it abundantly. And that day is you. (laughs) That day is me. We is them. They is us. (laughs) Right? We're the ones he's talking to. I came that they, they, you, might have life. Not just living, breathing, but abundant life. That's Ezekiel 47, abundant life. The end of uh, Revelation, that same river describes and it says, and the, 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 the leaves of the trees are for the healing of the nations. That means you touch that river, the fruit of that is the healing of the nations. How long have we been looking for the healing of the nations? And Jesus says, it's coming. It's in the river. Now, just in case I leave you at too happy a place. my wife just said mercy I I, I just I I need to speak not just the joyous truth but the authentic truth you'll never find a place in the Bible where Jesus promises an easy life abundant life yes but not easy so I don't want anyone walking in maybe meeting Jesus for the first time or coming back to Jesus or saying yes Jesus you can have all of me Thinking that as soon as I pray this prayer, I do this deal, then bango, my problems go away. That's not what happened to Jesus. When Jesus really gave himself to the Lord, the very next event was the cross. He knew that the power of the resurrection was coming and that life was eternal. But there was this little thing called the cross. So I just want to make sure that you know when you say yes to Jesus, whether you need life or you need more life, It doesn't mean easy. It means abundance. It means a life that is full. Jesus didn't have an easy life. No prophet in the Old Testament had an easy life. No disciple or apostle had an easy life. There's no one in this room who can say, I've had an easy life, never had a care in the world. We love, believe, and, and follow the one who said, this is what love looks like. You lay down your life for your friends. We follow the one who showed what love looked like. Romans 5, 5. God demonstrated his love in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And we follow the one who says, now, love as I love. So abundant life doesn't mean easy life. It means a life that's full. Full of sorrow as we share the compassion of Jesus. And full of joy as we share the power of Jesus. Full of mystery because we share the wonder of Jesus and full of confidence because we are a part of the finished work of Jesus. Full of normal everyday moments 
because we share the humanity of Jesus and full of supernatural, life-changing power encounters. Because 2 Peter 1.4, we have become partakers of the divine nature. That's our inheritance as believers. Not just little um, Jesus imitators. Partakers of the divine nature. We don't become God. I'm not saying that. But it's bigger than just walking around trying to look like him. Galatians 2.20, Paul says, I've been crucified with Christ. So it's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I live now, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and died for me. See, it's the life of Jesus manifested in us, which means we'll have the humanity, the sorrow, the difficulty, the mystery, but we'll also get the glory. Somehow the deity of Jesus gets to manifest through us. We are not gods, but we can be so filled with him that we see the glory of God manifested in us. That's what the Bible says. Do you believe this? (laughs) Let's stand and pray. I could ask the ministry team to come forward and Lynn will come. <clears throat> Wherever you are in life this morning, whichever you are, you need life or you need more life. Today is an invitation day for you. If you need life and as I'm talking about Jesus, you recognize I don't know Jesus. I don't feel the, the love of Jesus. I don't I don't feel at, at one with God. And my invitation to you this morning is the same invitation that Jesus gave. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. So this morning, if you need life, then all you have to do is say to Jesus, I confess that I'm on my own here, and my life is not working out. And my sin, I know, keeps me from you. But I open the door of my heart this morning. And I say, Jesus, come into this place of death and bring your resurrection life. Forgive my sins. Cleanse me from unrighteousness and live your life in me. And when you utter that prayer in faith, it doesn't matter what words you use. You open your heart to Jesus. He comes in and he brings eternal life. Not just life forever, but an eternal kind of life. You become a child of God. If that's you this morning, then open your heart now. And in your own words, ask Jesus to come in and to save you. Maybe you're here this morning and you've been a believer for a long time and you just you know you need more life. You know it's the same process. Jesus, here I am. I can't do it on my own. I still need you. I open the door of my heart and I say, come and bring more, more of your presence, more of your power, more of your love. And Lord, I open up more places in my heart to you. You can have everything, not my will, but your will be done in my life. And then comes the promise, abundance, full life. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, thank you for your presence here among us, working, speaking to hearts and opening minds and healing souls and and, uh, flushing spirits with the Holy Spirit this morning. Release life among us. Just release life among us, Lord. 
If you'd like someone to pray for you this morning, then I'd urge you come forward and let anyone pray for you. If you gave your life to Jesus, you asked him to come and and save you for the first time today. Come up and tell someone up here because we want to rejoice with you that your life will never be the same again. I'm just going to leave it open, welcome you to come forward, ask someone for prayer. You want to bring your family up and take pictures at the cross, you're welcome to do that. We rejoice in the power and the glory of the resurrection of Jesus today. He is risen. Amen.